I'm Ethan Finley, and you're listening to The Sound of the Loons. afternoon or evening, depending on when this finds you. Welcome to the Sound of the Loons podcast. I'm Steve McPherson, and here I sit once again with Callum Williams. Today, we're going to talk about an actual game, the actual first game of the 2020 season, and we're going to talk about the next game. But I also really want to talk about the home opener, which is Sunday, March 15th, uh, against New York Red Bulls at Allianz Field. There's going to be a ton of stuff going on at the stadium. We'll have some details are still being firmed up, but be assured there's going to be lots of good stuff there. Uh, kickoff is at 6 p.m., but there's going to be there's stuff outside going on beforehand. Uh, there's going to be new food to try. There's some I've gotten a sort of I haven't eaten anything yet. I never eat anything at the at the stadium because I'm, I'm too busy usually <laughs> doing what I'm doing. But there's going to be some new items. Uh, it's going to be really exciting. And uh, some tickets are still available, though they're going fast. So hop on over to MNUFC.com slash tickets for more info on how to get yours. I'm excited. We'll, we're, maybe we'll get to talking about the home opener a little bit. Um, Cal, how you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm okay. I'm all right, Steve. I'm, I'm just about managing. You're a, little, you're a little under the weather today. A little bit. Uh, yeah. We yeah. hope you don't have coronavirus <laughs> is the conclusion. Yeah, me too. Me too. No, I've not been great for the last couple of days, so, which is which is perfect timing just as the season's starting, you know. I didn't feel particularly great during the commentary on Sunday. Yeah. Um, but, hey, you know, it is what it is. I'll be fine. They always – it always – this is when I always get it. It's like just as it starts to, yeah. to tip over into spring, which, I'm again, I was talking to somebody at training today that – um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx it by saying that, that we're there because we can still get tons of snow in, in, in March and April. Absolutely. But every once in a while you do get one of those years where it just kind of peters out at the end of February and then we just don't see any more snow. Am I saying that's going to happen? No, I'm not a meteorologist. Uh, but it'd be wonderful if it could, because I'm looking forward to getting outside, watching some soccer, going running outside is a thing I, mm. I, I missed, you know? So that, that, that'll be good. Um, there's another thing I wanted to talk about before we get, uh, to the, to the game, which is, um, I tried a new food place, uh, oh. in Blaine, which I have to recommend highly. It's a taco place called Gilberto's or Gilberto's. I'm not sure which one is preferred, but, uh, it's pretty close to NSC, which is a place I find myself often. Uh, it's a 24 hour taco place. Wow. And, uh, I've only had one thing, which is the burrito Azteca, but it has, um, steak and, uh, chorizo and nopales, which are cactus paddles, which is one of my favorite things in Mexican cooking and, uh, and some beans in there and some onions, no rice, which I kind of like a burrito that isn't like jammed with rice. So it's not like bigger than your head. It's like a pretty huh. reasonable size. Um, very good place. Shouts to Gilberto's. Is this the place you went earlier today? Was this, I was there. I, I thought when I walked past your desk in the marketing room, I could smell it, and I thought, that smells fabulous. Oh, it's terrific, yeah. But we'll go there again during this week if you fancy another burrito. Yeah, I mean, I should try something else. I, you know, sort of, if I go someplace and I like what I get, I sort of want to usually get it again just to see, you know, how it is, you know, instance to instance. This was very good again. So, but I'm ready to branch out. Um, okay. But again, I'm a sucker for anything with cactus paddles. <laughs> Are you a cactus so paddles fan? They're delicious. Uh, you know, yeah, it's okay. It's fine. I, I just... <laughs> Um, I, I, uh, 
I, I'm intrigued now of, of what you've mentioned here, right. and uh, we should certainly do this after a session, uh, uh, after a, a training session at Blaine at some stage. Let's do um, it. Let's, let's do, do it. it. Absolutely, it sounds great. All right, so uh, we'll get it. We're going to break down some stuff about the, the the first game, but I just wanted to talk about sort of the result overall to begin with, because I think it's always a good idea to keep in perspective sort of what each game means in the overall scheme of things. This is a thing to remember as the season starts that uh, it, it's a long season. There's a lot of games to play. Um, it, every game means something different. Generally speaking, I think if, if I think this is pretty safe, you want to win your games at home and draw your games on the road huh. as a baseline, right? Yes. That's like a baseline expectation for teams. Um, you, it's also interesting because you particularly want to at least draw your games against your conference opponents because that's taking points away from them when points matter a lot in the standings. You know, by the, the converse of this, I think I was reading some, somebody on MLSsoccer.com was, was talking about this, that against um, non-conference teams, like just try to win it because it their standings don't matter to you. Um, you want to just get as many points. You're not denying them points doesn't really matter in the long run in terms of how the playoffs uh, shake out. So, um and MNUFC is starting with two games on the road. So the sort of baseline expectation should be two points from two games. Like that's, that's like, that's what you want to get out of it at a minimum. And uh, they've already got three. So that's big just to win that first game away at a tough place to play in Providence park. Um, so even if, you know, if there's a draw against San Jose, you're coming into the home opener with, with four points, you know, sort of double what you would sort of reasonably expect as a baseline. So that's good. It is. And what I will say about away games in this league as well is it does depend on the opponents as well. Yeah, you know, sure. For example, you, you would take a tie at LA Galaxy. You would absolutely take it. But I don't know there are many teams that would expect it. Um, going away to somewhere like Portland, I'll be totally honest, if you'd have offered me a point before the game, I'd have said, yeah, let's take it. Yeah, no absolutely. Um, but it, it depends on the opponent for sure. But um, look, a, a tremendous start for Minnesota on the road in, in Portland. Um, first 45 minutes... Um, it, it seemed as though people were still trying to figure each other out. Um, it, it didn't flow particularly well, um, and, and it wasn't a great watch. Second half came in, and all of a sudden everything changed. Yeah, second half was super. It was cracking. And Kevin Molino decided to um, decided to have the ball at his feet a lot more. Um, and credit to, to Gregus and Alonso for for making that happen as quickly as they did. Um, they did it well in the opening 45, but in the second half, uh, Molino had so much of the ball at his feet, and I thought he was great. And, um, you know, I, I, I think I said something about, I thought the, the three behind the forward didn't give Minnesota enough in the opening 45. And then as soon as they, they did, as soon as the, the ball was with them uh, an abundance, so many chances were created. Yeah. Um, I thought Ethan Finlay was spectacular. Uh, I thought Molino did really, really well. Uh, and I thought Robin Lurt did, did well as well. You know, it wasn't a staggering performance from him, but I thought he did well. And if you look at, if you go back and look at uh, the match and you you look at the first goal that Molino scores, it's Robin Lurt who's who's making the movement inside. And yeah. It's unfortunate with a, a myriad of bodies around him. And obviously he's denied supremely by Steve Clark and a fantastic save as well in the second half. So yeah. um, I thought Robin Lurt did well. And, and you know, once... Those three players started to connect. the The fluidity of the football was uh, was obvious. 
Um, and I thought Amaria um, really took advantage of of some of the movement as well uh, and some of the, the balls that came his way. So uh, good performance, good attacking performance, good defensive performance as well. I thought Michael Boxall hardly put a foot wrong all day. Mm, yeah, um, he was terrific. It was uh, just a really, really good way to start the season for sure. Yeah, I, obviously that performance is not going to quiet you know, Lud doubters out there yet. But I think that if you, if you, if you really go back and look at what he was doing, um, yeah, again, that first, that first goal, he deserves a lot of credit for putting Clark under pressure um, in that moment. You know, he could have, if, if he had not been following hard on that ball, like Clark probably would have handled it cleanly, but he couldn't handle it cleanly. And that opens it up for Molino. Um, and that shot, you know, you, 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 you'd love to have him get better placement on it. But again, it's like Clark just barely got to it. He, Steve Clark had the top goals against average last season. Like he was by all, by all measurements, like one of the top three goalkeepers in MLS, you know? So he's, he's a good goalkeeper. Um, you know, not every goalkeeper makes that save. So, um, so, you know, and again, I think that Ludd, I think if you, if you look at where, I mean, I have to go back and look at like, you know, heat maps or something specifically to get a sense of this, but you saw, I think, I think Gasper got forward a, a good amount. Um, and you saw Ludd, dropping back a little bit to sort of like back him up as, as Gasper pushed forward a fair amount and not as much in the second half, but in the first half that there, there was a lot of, there was a lot of action on the left wing there. And so Ludd was doing his job, which is when Gasper goes forward to sort of fall back a little bit to protect him on the other side, you saw Metanier not getting as forward as much because Finlay was, so it was getting so deep. So, you know, they're sort of interchanging on either of those sides and Ludd is not getting the attention because, you know, he didn't, uh, he wasn't the one pushing forward, but I think he did a very good job. Um, and I think, again, we're going to see, we're going to see more from him in the future. Yeah. The, the team took a little while to sort of the, the, you know, the, the broadcast, um, which was obviously inferior to, to your own, broadcast, oh, I don't so. know about that. <laughs> but anyways, um, you know, they're, they're sort of talking about how it was Minnesota growing into the game. And that's sort of, I, I would certainly agree with that. I think, um, they were just a little, they were just a little hesitant to begin with, or not quite clear. There were some miscommunications. Uh, they got bailed out a couple times, a couple, a couple lucky, lucky turns for them that kept them in it uh, long enough to sort of figure out how to, how to approach it. Um, and it was, I thought it was particularly funny because you, you know, some of the, some of the drumbeat coming out of Portland was, we're not just going to be, we're not just going to lie deep and then attack on the counter. Like we want possession. We want to play through the middle. We want to play it on the flanks. Like I think Diego Valeri said exactly that in mm. the pregame uh, interview. And then, you know, obviously the goal is always to play with possession uh, is, 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 is what Adrian Heath wants to do. We sort of saw in the second half, it was like, all right, well, let's just throw our counter attacks at each other and see like who can get the better of this. And it was absolutely Minnesota. I mean, the, the Portland's defense did not hold up under that strain. Mm. Uh, Ethan Finlay found that a huge gaps down the, down the right side, the whole, you know, in the second half and to their credit, Minnesota United's defense, I think, which was maybe a little bit under discussed, you know, didn't crack under that pressure. They kept their shape. Guys dropped back. It was, everybody played really well. Ike, Ike looked a little, a little rusty in terms of his timing on challenges or his sense of like when he could go in there, you know, they were sort of gave away that, that penalty in the box and he had another foul. Um, but again, boxy was, was tremendous, uh, really terrific. And then again, Ozzy Alonso, um, really holding it down back there to allow young Gregush uh, to get forward and sort of work with those, those attacking mids uh, farther up the field. So, you know, it wasn't, I'm sure it's not the blueprint of how Adrian Heath necessarily wants to win every game, but sometimes you got to play the game that's in front of you. And that was, that, that was what was there and they took it. They did. It was, it was tremendous. And uh, I think the, the fullbacks I thought, as you said, were Roma Mitten. Yeah, was, was disciplined because Finlay was, was so good ahead of him. I think Gasper, 
Gasper got caught out a few times, mm-hmm. um, but uh, there, were, there were a lot of sums that he recovered very well. Um, but the reason why Finlay had so many opportunities is because Jorge Villafania, the left back for the Timbers, was was so far up the fields, and his recovery speed isn't the greatest, so he couldn't get. Um, there were times when he couldn't get near Ethan Finlay, and um, you know it was just a, a great team effort. Um, I don't expect anything to change this weekend. Um, it, it's a good format, a good formula. Um, it, it was a, a really, really good way to start the season. And um, as you mentioned, you know, Ozzy Alonso was great in the central midfield as well. Um, I'm sure he will have enjoyed a victory at Portland more than most. Yeah. Um, they don't like him there, do they? No, they don't. <laughs> they do not. Um, and then, uh, yeah, look, Boxy was great. Michael Box will hardly put a foot wrong or all game. And uh, uh, Mora, the forward for the Timbers, had, you know, one or two half chances at, at, at best. I know he scored at the end, which was offside, but, um, you know, I, I thought the back line were about as resolute as, as, as we've seen them. Yeah. Mora looked good, I will say, on the flip side. I think overall. Um, when he was dropping deep, but he had to drop deep because he, he couldn't get the ball. Yeah, yeah. I just, you know, just as a player, his first game in MLS, you know, like, I was like, this is, he looks like he's going to, gr- he's going to get better, I would assume, from from here. And and they have, you know, a, a stable of, of, of forwards now, um, which we didn't even get to see. Some of them are uh, the, the Polish guy. Jaroslav um, Nizgioda. Uh, Nizgioda, yeah. thank you. Um, I knew the last name, but I couldn't remember Jaroslav <laughs> part. But um, but yeah, he's still getting into into health. So uh, they'll, they'll have options, which is good. And I think that, um, you know, we didn't need to see, we didn't see it so much from Minnesota United. Uh, Schoenfeld came in late, like mm. very late, right? Um, so we didn't see sort of that, like how you could change the look. But I think Portland will look to do that. Um, that reminds me, I wanted to mention Luis Amaria. Um Looked very good. Looked ex- very active also. You know, like the, he struggled a little bit. I mean, struggled isn't correct. He seems like a forward who's, they don't want him to drop deep to pick up the ball. They want him to be the tip of the spear out yep. there. Um, and when those, the attacking mids were not sort of getting the ball enough, he was sort of n- neutered. You know, oh, he, he, he certainly did drop deeper. Yeah. yeah he, had to first co- half, he had to yeah. come back to go get the ball because they, they weren't getting it to him. Um, but just very active out there. He was all over the place, pressing high, you know, clearly willing to do that work of being the first defender. Um, and then I, I wanted to call out the, the beauty of his header, you know, because uh, first of all, beautiful headers are not something Minnesota United has been known for in the last three years or so. Um, and the play that got him that, uh, that goal, first of all, I think, I think Ethan did a great job of, of pushing in a little bit before pu- pulling back out. And you saw some of the Portland defense go with him, uh, which helps clear out that box. And then Almeria just showed that, that sort of strikers instinct of, you know, that sort of that, that sense of space to run up with Mabiala's with him. And then as soon as Mabiala sort of finds his spot out around, you know, the, the, the six yard box, um, and turns to like pay attention to where the attack is coming from. Almeria just drifts out just mm. a little bit towards that back post, which gives him plenty of space to put that header header on frame. And I love that it was low, you know, like rather than trying to get cute with it or go top shelf or go to the far corner, like to put it on the ground, just right at the line right there, which is a very hard save to make like directly below the keeper. Um, it, that was really fun. It was really, it was really pretty. Really, really well executed header. As you say, Steve, it's, um, it, it's the placement on it is really great because it's so hard for the goalkeeper to get down as quickly um, as he needs to in that situation. I'll have to go back and have a look at the tape, but, but I could have sworn Steve Clark was cheating a little bit. Uh, in terms of what I mean by that is he was leaning to the left slightly because the angle that 
was presented to Almeria, a lot of that time you would expect when the ball comes in from the right-hand side, if the forward is where Amaria was, you would expect it to go back across goal. Right. Uh, whether it be over the goalkeeper or, you know, just, just to the goalkeeper's left, yeah. you know, yeah, over to the far post. And um, I think uh, Steve Clark may very well have been expecting that, but because it went near post, um, he couldn't get down in time. And, and he got a, a piece of it, but, but yeah. not enough. And um, just a really good stern header. Um, as you said, it's something Minnesota have been lacking for, for some time now. Somebody who can do that. And um, his movement off the ball was great. I thought Mabiala, um, the Timber centre-half, was all over the place in terms of trying to mark him in the second half. He just had uh, no idea. Um, I think uh, Amaria is is um, what we expected in terms of the in terms of being a threat, but I think there's so much more to come from this boy as well, uh, including, yeah. including 24 more goals, apparently. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> He's on pace for, like, I think, 39, is he really? based okay. on how, when he scored in them. You know, if he just scores at that, you know, every, every however day, right, many okay. minutes. So, um, so yeah, you know, I, I still think 25 is a little lofty, but, hey, good start. Right? Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. He's got some breathing room. He's got, you know, 33 more games. And he gets the service, Steve. You just never know. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to particularly call out the Molino's volley, um, which was, again, we don't necessarily associate Molino with that particular bit of skill. We tend to see a skill more in his delivery of, of, of passes, um, of his early crosses, his sort of early through balls over the top and things like that. Um, but, you know, he's definitely got it in him, and, and, and that showed it. And it was also, I, I found that whole sequence of play just very sort of cheeky in a very appealing way. You know, this just sort of keep the, you know, there's tactics, there's ideas about where you go, there's sort of principles, and then there's like, just keep kicking the ball up until somebody's huh. got to, got to look at it, you know, cause it sort of went forward. It went back. It tapped up to Finley. Finley, you know, said, I think after the game that, that, you know, he felt like he knew that somebody was going to be peeling off the back. So he just sort of flicked it over his head in the hopes that yep. it would land in somebody's you know, path. Molina was there and onside and kicked it right out of the air into the goal. That was, uh, it's fun. You know, it, like it, it, it was, it was not just a, it was not just an important goal, uh, it was a fun goal. <laughs> well, in the in the build-up, there was an element of pinball, wasn't there? The yeah. ball was just all over the place. It didn't seem to be under anybody's control, really. And then Finlay, as you mentioned, knocks it over the top, and and there is Kevin Molino in the perfect position. And you know, I'm not surprised that he's he's been able to strike the ball as cleanly as he did there. Um, we we see it every day in training, don't we, Steve? That you know, uh, a confident and healthy Kevin Molino is one heck of a, a player in this league. And yeah, uh, I just hope it continues. You know, it's it's been a good start. You know, let's pump the brakes a little bit. It's it's been a really good start. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see no reason why anything would change uh, moving forward. And I don't know if this is on your your list or not. Apologies, mate. But I, I, one thing I do want to address because I've seen it um, a few times and I've been asked about it a few times on, on various different platforms. Um, Thomas Chacon uh, is obviously a bright young talent. Just because he has a designated player uh, label doesn't necessarily put him into the 18 straight away. Right. He's 19. Um, we have to let him develop. A lot of these people that have suggested that he should be in uh, the 11 of uh, Robin Lurd, I, I don't agree with. I don't agree with at uh, this present time anyway. Chacon will get his opportunity. We have an abundance of games this year. We've got the league games. We've got the league cup. We've got the open cup. There's plenty of Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday games this year. So Chacon will get his opportunity. Right now, though, he is he is down the pecking order. Yeah, he's down the pecking order because it wasn't a good preseason for him. Right, and he's not been particularly great to watch in training either. So um, Adrian Heath and, and the coaching staff pick their players because of various different reasons. 
Um, number one will be to fit the system. Number two will be to match up against the opponent. Number three will be because of how they performed during the week in training. And there's a couple of other different reasons as to why they will pick who they do. But um, those are the three main fundamentals. Quite frankly, in my opinion, Thomas Chacon has not done enough to warrant a place in the eleven yet. Um, you know, I know um, he did well against Portland in that preseason game a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and people will highlight and, and look back at the video that the goal he scored where he, he put the goalkeeper down on on his backside and, and it was a very pretty goal. But mm-hmm. the one thing which I would encourage people to do is also look at previously what he didn't do and the amount of times he gave the ball away and the amount of turnovers were caused by Chacon. And um, I have no problem saying this, that, that the lack of, of want to, to win the ball back, that that's not going to work in this system. That's not going to work with how Adrian Heath wants this team to play. So there's not... Um, there's not a surprise to me at all that, that Robin Lurd and Ethan Fenley are ahead of Thomas Chacon at the moment. There's not a surprise to me that Raheem Edwards is ahead of him at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't think this is a bad thing. If anything, this is a credit to the, the roster and the depth that it has at the moment. Because let's be honest, Thomas Chacon in 2017-18 is, is a first-team starter regular straight away in this team. Now, because the depth is so deep... Mm-hmm. He's not even in the 18. And he's not the only one, by the way, as well. You know, James Musa and Ja'Cory Hayes, who had a great preseason, weren't on the match day 18 as well. So, yeah. if anything, it's a credit to the amount of depth this team has. But, you know, let, let's not expect too much from Chacon. You know, as I said, his moment will come. He will get an opportunity. But right now, he is just down the pecking order. And I'm interested to see how he reacts to that as a player, but also as a human being as well. Yeah, and I think that it's it's important to keep in mind, you know, he's he's 19 there he's he's growing up right now in terms of learning his profession his profession as as a soccer player and you know the this the coaching staff have to they have to consider what his development is. It's not just who's, who's, I mean, who's best to win this specific game, but what are you rewarding and what are you, what is the carrot? You know, like, how are you, how are you drawing him out? And I think you just, you know, they're trying to be clear about the principle is, you know, how you train affects how you get selected, you know, all that's, that's a part of it. And if you stick to that principle, then I think that as long as you stick to those principles and don't waver from that, then that's, that's effective because you say like, this is the expectation. If those expectations aren't being met, and, you know, we have other guys who are ready to go right now, like you're not going to be there. And I think Adrian has been preaching for a long time that competition for spots is important. I think we're seeing exactly where it is right now. Like that spot is there. Chacon can come out and take it. You know, it's, it's sort of up to him. And I think as long as you put it on the players to prove themselves, then it's, it's very clear. And I think as long as that's consistent, then that, that can work for the coaching staff. So, yeah, he's got time. There's a lot of avenues. Like you said, there's going to be plenty of there's international friendlies. There's plenty of stuff. There's plenty of games out there for him to have for people to watch him. Um, and you know, he's an important part of this team going forward. It's just not, he's not going to be in the 11, maybe not in the 18 regularly right now. No, and look, the fact that he's a, he's a young designated player is not essentially a full DP as a young DP. Yeah. Um, he can be brought down and I'm sure when the time comes that that will happen and he'll be brought down and the team can go and get a third uh, DP and, and go and get a, a second DP or yeah. whatever how many DPs even, we have you know they don't I mean? even have a third DP right now right, so exactly. it's not like he's taking up some slot that I mean they're, they're looking for that right so right right and, and look as I said for, for me it's just one of those situations where that that's not necessarily the, the player's fault that he's, he's uh, labeled as a young designated player he can be brought down it wouldn't surprise me if he is at some stage if the team have further aspirations in terms of adding another designated player sure. but um you know let's just pump the brakes on with with Chacon at the moment I, I I have no doubt that he will get his opportunity he's a fine young footballer 
but I I just question if he's ready right now. Yeah, great head of hair also. Also, I love the locks. It's it's (laughs) tremendous. Real young Roger Daltrey vibes there. Um, Let's touch briefly on the rest of MLS uh, this past weekend, opening weekend. Let's yeah. Any things that uh, any stuff that sort of stood out to you or 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 caught your eye, caught you by surprise? I mean, obviously. Losing Joseph Martinez is terrible. Yeah, it's and I say low. that as somebody who has never been shy about slagging Atlanta whenever I could, because obviously there's a little bit of, you know, tension between Minnesota United and, and Atlanta United on the regular, but it's just not fair. You know, like no. this kind of thing is not fair. Um, you don't want things that are outside of, you know, somebody's control to like change the game in this way. It just, it, it makes Atlanta's path a lot tougher and, Every, every league and every team needs a villain, and I felt like Atlanta's been a capable and amazing villain uh, for, for Minnesota and Minnesota United fans. And to see them sort of, uh, to, get, to be defanged a little bit with uh-huh. Joseph leaving is, is rough. It's a shame, because arguably Martinez was, was the best center forward in the league. Yeah, Certainly absolutely. the most effective. Certainly an argument to be made um, for it. I, I, the debate there will be with Carlos Villa, but for me, Carlos Villa isn't a natural center forward. He's a player that can play off, and, and we won't go down that, that road tonight, but... Um, Look, I just think um, it's a real shame because you never want to see a player injured. You never want to see a player with that severity of an injury as well. But <clears throat> looking at it from a, a positive point of view... That's a torn ACL, by the way. I just wanted to make clear. Torn ACL, anybody, yeah, sorry. In case sorry. anybody hadn't heard yet. So that's that's a, a, an injury that takes at least like 12 months. To we won't see him so. until 2021. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a real shame. But as I said, on the positive note here, what it does do now is it, it does force the hand of Atlanta United who have to go and get somebody else. Yeah. And with the way that Atlanta have spent in the past, it wouldn't surprise me if they went and got somebody, I, I have no idea where from, but somebody of a similar ilk for a lot of money, which would be very good for Major League Soccer again. So yeah. um, we'll wait and see. As I said, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of positives about this, you know, because it is a crying shame for, for Atlanta and for Major League Soccer. And, 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 you know, I'm sure everybody here at Minnesota United wishes Joseph Martinez all the best and I hope he recovers um, very quickly and, and fully. But... Um, you know, as I said, I do wonder what Atlanta United are going to do now because they have to find somebody, yeah. uh, not only, you know, not necessarily a name, but someone who does press as aggressively as he does and someone who is as lethal in front of goal, you know? And, and it's a shame because I felt as though Joseph and Pitty Martinez were just starting to click as well, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we'll, we'll wait and see, Steve. It's, it's a real shame, uh, but I am interested to see what Atlanta United have up their sleeve in terms of a replacement. Yeah. Uh, other things around the league that uh, uh, maybe less tragic things, things that are <laughs> well, it was, a little more fun from the opening weekend. Well, it was it was great to see Nashville and the crowd that they were able to yeah. conjure there. You know, 59,000 was, was great. Um, I think like a lot of people, uh, there were a lot of uh, question marks. Uh, people's not entirely sure why why uh, the, the league went to Nashville. Um, but I mean, they proved a lot of people wrong. It, it looked like a great party. Um, you know, they, they were actually, a, a, you know, a, a, they gave Atlanta a game. They were a good team. And, and I said this before, whether it was on this podcast or an, another one, um, I actually think for, from an expansion roster point of view, it's actually not that bad of a roster at all. Yeah, agreed. Um, I still don't expect them to be near the playoffs, but I think if they are competitive and, and, you can draw that up into to whatever you want that to mean. But um, if they if they win a handful of, of road games, if they are um, difficult to play against at, at the stadium in in, uh, in Nashville, then, then I think that'll be a good season for them. But, um, you know, Dax McCarthy is integral to them. Obviously, that was so obvious going into it and then seeing him play um, over the weekend again. Um, Mukhtar will, will take some time to... to um, to get used to Major League Soccer, I think, but the direct nature of them 
um, and, and Don Baggi up front and, and Akam, who, who didn't have a, a great debut, I didn't think. But, um, you know, Dan Lardy coming off the bench as well. You know, they are going to be a very direct team and they will cause issues for a few teams. I do wonder, actually, Steve, because they play Portland away this weekend. Mm-hmm. I do wonder if they get something there because, as I said, they're very direct. They're very aggressive. It's, it is a very Gary Smith team. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they got something in Portland, actually. We'll wait and see. Yeah, given the, given the Timbers' performance last week and their sort of overall performance in the preseason, it seems like they're not quite ready. Um, and so even Providence Park is not providing them the kind of advantage you might, you might hope for or they yeah. might hope for, I guess. Um, so, yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. This is bad news for my fantasy team. I always try to pick against the... Uh, you know, expansion teams, <laughs> but I don't know, you know, like the, the, the Timbers performance last week didn't fill me with confidence in sort of anybody, although, you know, Felipe Mora again, he might, he might be an option. Uh, look, it'll get service Mora will eventually, you know, yeah. when, when him and Blanco, um, if Valeri play, I'm not Blanco sure. Look, actually Blanco looked Blanco's a good too. player, yeah. mate. I'm not sure Valeri's going to play. I'm not sure Valeri's going to start 34 games again this year, yeah. but yeah. you know, if, if he, um, Valeri how, how, beard or no beard, what, what do you, what's your preference? Beard. Yeah, I'm totally like beard. beard. <laughs> I was watching him pregame and I was like, he looks like Cosmo Kramer. <laughs> like he just, I like the beard. It's it's, it's got a sort of um, most interesting man quality when he's got the the beard. He just has sort of an air of, of international mystery. Just needs a cat to stroke, doesn't he? And yeah. it'd be really really good. It's just, but no, <laughs> he's a top player, Stephen. Yeah. Allegedly, he had a bad year last year. Yeah, he right. Had Sixteen assists. <laughs> you know. So yeah. well, look, as I said, I'm not sure he's going to start 34 games this year. But if if him and Blanco um, and the attacking pieces around Mora. Um, connect and do well, then, then I think more is going to, going to have a, an okay time in front of goal this year. Yeah. Um, I gotta, I gotta mention Pavone who, uh, oh. <laughs> quite a goal. What's and, goal? uh, yeah, I think it was a good reminder that, um, I think as a couple of people on, on, uh, Twitter pointed out, it's almost as if he played for like Argentina's world cup team. And now he's, you know, playing in, in MLS, you know, it's like he was, he was very good last year, but he didn't have a full year. You know, this mm. is like, this is his first full season in MLS, um, after a full off season and he's going to, he's going to be a problem. Yeah. Um, I put him in my fantasy team straight away. Cause yeah. I, I thought to myself, regardless, you know, he's, he's going to get a ton of assists this year, feeding Hernandez, no doubt, but, yeah. but also Hernandez will play off of him as well. And, um, if they go, Pavon and Katai behind um, Hernandez, then that, that's a formidable trio up front, that is. And I expect a lot of goals from them this year. The only thing I'll say with the Galaxy, the only question mark is defensively. I know yeah. they were in for uh, one or two people in the Eredivisie. They've recently, I don't know if it's public yet, they've had a, a bid rejected um, by one of the, the big teams over there for a defender. Um, and uh, I expect them to go back in um, for that defender and if not they'll go and try and get somebody else because I still think that they're a defender light Steve I'm totally honest but, but yeah. elsewhere everywhere else I thought the Galaxy looked a really solid unit yeah um, so let's look ahead to San Jose second game of the season here it comes already I'm now remembering <laughs> how quickly these turnarounds happen uh, did you watch San Jose's game against Toronto I did I did I, I thought they were they were good I thought Toronto um, were the better team I thought Toronto um <sighs> They weren't as effective as I thought they would be up front. They missed a, a whole host of chances. Mm-hmm. Um, still a big fan of Pozuelo, fantasy yeah. team as well. Yep. Um, I Me think too. he's one of, the, one of the best tens in the league. Um, you know, I, and I thought uh, Toronto shot themselves in the foot a little bit, if I'm being totally honest, because they, they should have had that game wrapped up a lot sooner. Yeah. Um, and when it was 2-0, maybe they took their, their foot off the gas a little bit, um, but the earthquakes uh, responded magnificently. And, and you know, um, I thought that the Rio goal was taken very, very well. 
Um, the second goal, uh, myself and Kindred St. Orwin disagree on this. I, I'm not entirely convinced he's shooting. I think he's okay. putting the ball back into a dangerous area. Alanis. Alanis with, with the effort. Yeah, yeah I, I think he's just whipping it into a dangerous area. I'm not entirely convinced he's shooting. Um, but either way, regardless, it looks very good. Yeah. Um, if he meant it, wonderful. I'm happy to be wrong. But from that angle to shoot, I think is is beyond audacious, if not dripping in arrogance you, you, you can't do that you know not from that angle that's ridiculous so um, yeah. but hey it came off so who am I to say anything you know yeah I think I'd have to go back and I've seen it I've seen it I've seen one angle I've seen like the game angle a couple of times I haven't seen any replays you know to sort of try to judge where I think he's trying to put it um yeah, that's sort of one of those. That is what I would, I would qualify as a depraved heart goal. Uh, depraved mm. heart is a, uh, a sort of a, a legal term for when uh, it, it's a version of, of of manslaughter, essentially, where you weren't necessarily trying to kill somebody, but you were behaving in a way that if that happened, you were really okay with it. Okay. Uh, and that's sort of, a, a, it's a depraved heart goal. It's like, I send it in there. I'm hoping somebody gets on the end of it, but you may as well send it toward goal, right? That's the thing. That's the, that's yeah. the question about in-swingers, out-swingers, oh, whatever like course. that. You're sending it on the goal. So if nobody touches it, it goes in. And that, yep. maybe that's kind of what happened. That, uh, as I said, to, to my knowledge, it looks like he's whipped it right into that, what we call the, the corridor of uncertainty, right between the goalkeeper and the defenders. Defenders can't touch it. Wasn't the corridor of uncertainty in Harry Potter? Was that... Uh, I hope so, because if that's where that reference came from, that makes me absurdly British, which I'm delighted with. <laughs> the room of requirement is from Harry Potter. <laughs> that's I true. think the corridor of uncertainty leads to the room of requirement. I'm definitely going to look that up later on as well. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, that's where he puts it. And um, if you look at it, if, when you go back and look at this, um, you, you look at when um, Ali asked, when, it, when he hits it, it it's almost, it, it comes from underneath, but, but um, he almost knuckles the ball sure so it's going to go up and then go down quite quickly um and i just think if if you're doing that you're, you're wanting someone to hit it you're, you're not you're not hoping it goes in if it goes in great but but your expectation is someone's going to get on the end of this so sure. i'm just not convinced he, he's meant to do that but either way look it it looked great and uh, it, it gave the quakes a point um that i'm not entirely convinced they deserved sure but regardless they get the point and then they move on yeah so we saw san jose last year you know, they took some time to get up to speed under Matias Almeida to sort of adopt his system and figure out like how to make it work. Um, but once they started clicking, I mean, they were like the darlings of the league amongst, you know, people who sort of watch a lot of the league because they played this style of this sort of aggressive man marking style that a lot of people don't play. And it results in a lot of one-on-ones. It results in a lot of confrontation all over the pitch. It's really fun. Um, but we also saw that that possibly wore them down over the long stretch because the the sort of the end of the season they really they really faded. Um, the Loons had a lot of success against the Quakes last year overall, but I, I expect this game to be harder than either of of those two games last year. One, not being at Allianz Field, it's away. Two, you know, Minnesota caught them right at the beginning of the season before a lot of these things had clicked. I think they're going to start farther ahead on that on that system and on Almeida's system what do you what are your expectations of this game like are we gonna we've seen though that Adrian has been able to game plan against this man marking system we saw at Allianz Field last year one of the things um Minnesota did was just ping the ball around a lot just you got to keep the ball moving that's yep. the way to beat the man mark so and and that's one thing that they've done supremely well in preseason as well I was very very impressed um I think it was uh the first game of the the Portland preseason I noticed that uh, a lot of them knocking the ball around um, very, very quickly. Uh, lots of lovely little intricate one-two passes and everything. And, and I thought they were ahead of where they, they perhaps um, 
could have been and, and should have been pre-season wise, fitness wise. But um, look, I think they're um, the, the earthquakes again are, are a good team. Um, I'm a big fan of the, the Argentine lad Espinosa. I think he's a good player, but he played a little more central against Toronto. Um, and then when they changed things up just after the hour market, he was um, asked to play a little wider. And I think that's where the problems really started for Toronto because Justin Morrow had been um, going down down the left-hand side and um, didn't really have too much to deal with. And uh, all of a sudden now he's got a, a Christian Espinosa to deal with and, and it was you know, an issue for them, no doubt. Um, and uh, I, I like them as a team. I think Eriksson's a good player. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think um, obviously Danny Houston has, has caused problems for Minnesota in the past as well. He was playing a little wider um, last weekend. Uh, they're, they're a decent team, Steve. I like them. Um, I, I think, as as you say, as long as Minnesota keep the ball moving, and I think if the, the one area where they've where they've always had success against the earthquakes is is in between the lines, and if the three behind the forward, let's assume again it's unchanged, mm-hmm. um, if if Lourdes, Molino, and Finlay have a game like they did in the second half against Portland, um, I, I see there being no real issue at all. Having said that, it's an away game in MLS. I would take a point if you offered it right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, heading into Allianz Field in the home opener just with, with positivity and energy behind you, great. Um, but I think because of previous results, um, under the same manager, managers, um, it's, uh, I, I am fairly certain Adrian Heath will want to go into this and and once again, claim all three points. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us for the 94th Sound of the Loons podcast. 94. Is it really 94? We're getting up there. Oh, wow. We still, we've got to make plans for the 100th. I don't, still don't know. Yeah. yeah, this is like just my anniversary. I'm not, I'm not playing. <laughs> I'm seeing it coming and I'm not, I'm not ready for it. <laughs> Minnesota United's next game is on Saturday, March 7th, as the Loons once again head west to face the San Jose Earthquakes in a game that kicks off at 7 p.m. Central Time on Fox Sports North, streaming on Fox Sports Go, and on MNUFC Radio on Score North. Be sure to leave us a nice review on iTunes or at the very least a five-star rating. And follow the team on Twitter at MNUFC. You can follow Cal at CalWilliamsCom and me at Steve Entress. Apologies, as always, to Richard Wagner. And remember, there's only one person in this whole world like you, and people can like you exactly as you are.